Hey guys, before we dive into the show, I wanted to tell you about my new trailer music toolkit, which is 100% free and you can download it right now over at richardprin.com forward slash toolkit. This toolkit contains... Firstly, my perfect trailer cue blueprint. It also contains a handful of one-shot samples, like huge trailer hits, pings, plucks, brahms, booms, transitions, and downers. Perfect for beginners, pros, and everything in between. Okay, let's get into the episode. One man. One microphone. And one medium-sized coffee. Welcome to the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. Now today, it's a beautiful sunny day. Uh, So I decided to go out for a walk and talk to myself on my phone. Um, I could have done it inside, but... Do you know what? So much of this show for me is about fitting my work around my life and living the life I want. And when it's sunny, I want to go outside. So it's a bit windier than I was expecting, so I might have to stay within the trees so, um, to stop the annoying you know, sound. Anyway, uh, today's show is answering a question sent in from one of the composers who's taken some of my courses. And I love it when this happens because, firstly, it kind of stops me having to think about what the episodes are going to be, but also it completely defines the purpose of this show, which is to assist and help and serve the community of people who want to write music to go in trailers. And this is actually a really good question because I would never have thought never have thought to make a show about this because, well, frankly, it just doesn't really cross my mind. But that doesn't mean it's, it's it's not an issue for other people or it's not something that needs to be addressed. And obviously, I think it needs to be addressed because I'm here talking to you right now. So the, uh, the issue was with understanding and establishing genres within trailer music. And the results of that, i.e. what publishers are looking for, what they want, etc. And that's a really interesting question, you know. And I think anyone who's ever done any kind of SEO-related work with regard to music understands that your labelling and your tagging is incredibly important. A good case in point being... uh, I landed a job scoring a short film because of the way I had tagged a track on my SoundCloud account. This director had Googled, I think it was like dark dark guitar for scores. <laughs> I think that's what I'd called the track. And my track popped up. I'd labelled it correctly, or at least I'd labelled it in the same wording. So let's think about you know, how that applies to us as trailer composers. A lot of the work is taken off our shoulders by the library. The library's job is to do the tagging, is to do the kind of genre and stylistic research to then serve us with the briefs that we then respond to. But what if you're not working with a publisher? What if you want to pitch 
you know, awesome tracks. Man, I think I've just found a gooseberry bush. <laughs> awesome. Today is a good day. Anyway, um, what if you want to pitch tracks to publishers, but you don't know what your genre is? You don't know what it is that you're doing. And that's the problem I'm here to help solve today. I obviously have emailed this chappy uh, to kind of give him a, an immediate response, but I thought, you know what? This actually deserves more, a bit more chat. And just in case there's others of you suffering from this same issue, which is like, what style is this? What genre is this? Here we go. I'm going to approach this from like a two-pronged effort. And the first prong is this. It doesn't really matter that you know what it is. What matters is that you know what is landing at the moment and what publishers are looking for at the moment. And those two things are pretty much entwined. So how do you do that? Hmm. Symbols. You go onto YouTube. Ah, good friend YouTube. You go on there and you just watch the latest trailers. Go on Joe Blow's trailer, uh, or, oh God, there's loads of them. Uh, Joe Blow's is always the one I often go on. Always the one I often go on. When I do it, I usually go to his channel, or that channel. And it just shows you the trailers that are landing, day by day by day. And the great thing about that is you then get an immediate grasp of what is in demand, or at least what was in demand a few months ago, and will probably still be in demand. But you also then start to understand how certain styles and sounds of music then translate to certain films. You know? And the other thing about this is when you do your research on YouTube, you can then find out what trailer what trailer house, what publisher, who did what. So who did the trailer? Who did the music for the trailer? And if you can't find it, then go on to Cody Still's Facebook page, the Trailer Music Composers Support Group. Trailer Music Support Group. Um, and just say, hey, does anyone know who did this? And usually the guilty party owns up. That was me, you know. And it's... That in itself is a wonderful resource. Okay, so... You have gone onto YouTube, you've done your research, you've looked at recent trailers, and you've found that... Oh, actually, the music I write gets used on Disney animations. So you then have some information... Okay. You have some information because you then can find out which trailer houses are producing these trailers. And then you can hopefully find out which publisher is publishing the music. And then you have the publisher that you should be approaching. At not at any point have you found out what genre or style the music is. Because frankly... So many genres and styles are subjectively described. Not objectively. Some of them are objectively, because if you're describing the instrumentation, like this is obviously orchestral, that is kind of objective, because there's, there's no subjectivity to it. But the mood is the subjective element. Or descriptors. Descriptors? Descriptive words. Adjectives, like huge. <laughs> 
they're just again subjective. So, like, if we take the example of uplifting orchestral, orchestral is the objective element; it's just describing the instrumentation, and the uplifting is describing the mood. And so often, the genres that we work in are just keywords. They're not necessarily actual genres that that are in existence. You wouldn't stroll into a record shop, but you probably wouldn't do that anymore anyway. You wouldn't stroll into, (laughs) metaphorically, not metaphorically, you wouldn't digitally stroll into iTunes or Spotify and type in uplifting orchestral and it be a genre, but somebody may have done an uplifting orchestral playlist. And the same with YouTube. So the scripting, what the, the genre and stars that we work in, you could just start to describe them yourself. What instruments do you hear? What's the mood? And, you know, and other things like that. What's the pace? Uh, is it dark? Is it light? Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it gritty? Is it smooth? Is it melodic? Is it repetitive? Is it minimal? You know, it's just find ways to describe your music. And then you will start to kind of get this sort of like dot-to-dot picture of what you're doing. But like I said, the describing aspect of it, the genres and the styles, it's not so important for you to know what it is, uh, name-wise. It is important that you know who's doing it, who are they doing it for, and who's buying it. Because if we go back to uplifting orchestral... You just find out, okay, well, it's being used on a lot of these sort of Disney family animations, and I find out that this trailer house, let's call them family animations, are doing the trailers, and I found out through a mixture of the Facebook group and uh, nerdy forums that family animations music is the company that's doing it. So I will find the person who works there probably not the boss, find someone who works there and see if I can start a relationship. (laughs) Not like that. I mean, you know, hey, uh, I love what you guys are doing and it's right up my street and I've got two tracks for you to listen to. I would love for you to check them out. Yada, yada, yada. You know, that's not... Don't take that verbatim. (laughs) You know, this needs to be personal to the person, you know. You could even mention... I've, you know, I've stalked you on Facebook and I found out that you love golf. I love golf too, that type of thing, you know. Don't say the stalking bit because that would be weird. Um, but anyway, it's just like, you know, when I get an email from Composer and they refer things to me like I've listened to your podcast and I'd love to go walking in the Nacho Wood. <laughs> I'm like, this person has clearly listened. Uh, you know, it's inside jokes. So it's about relationships there. So, oh, this is getting to the business side of it, really, isn't it? Um, but I want you to kind of approach it like that. The first prong, which is find out what trailers are landing. Find out who is doing the work and approach them. Okay? And this is just generally... Great advice if you want to know what is popular at the moment. It's generally great advice if you want to make sure that your production levels are hitting the right mark. You know, it's, it's, it's surprisingly simple, 
But because it involves some legwork, i.e. Googling or YouTubing, searching, watching, right, taking notes, because it involves a little bit of work, it's a bit like, ah, oh, damn it, you know. <laughs> I was hoping you'd just be able to send me to a web page that listed all the stars and genres. I mean, that would be quite interesting, but I don't need to do that because you go onto any music library's um, back catalogue and they will have, if they have it available to the public, they will have it in a search. They will have searchable keywords for you. There's more homework for you. But it's really, what the important part of it is, is if you're trying to get your foot in the door, is finding out which door to put your foot in. Don't approach a library that's known for its horror cues with your uplifting orchestral. You know? It's kind of like walking into a, um, a Nike Air shoe shop and saying, well, where, where are my brokes, you know? <laughs> it's like, you're in the wrong shop, dude. Uh, so out you go. So that's the first prong. Uh, the second prong is related to, well, perhaps you do want your stuff to be searchable. Perhaps you do want to know the genres. So then we go back to that advice I gave you earlier, which is, to start describing your music using three to five words. Long tail keywords, people. Is it orchestral? Is it beats? Is it hip hop? You know, think of it, think of a broad stroke, hip hop, for instance, and then boom bap. So those things, those two words, boom bap and hip hop, okay, four words, uh, give you an indication of what the people are going to be expecting. And that's just describing existing genres we know. Okay, for instance, let's just say you didn't know it was hip-hop, you didn't know what boom-bap was. You go, okay, uh, simple beats and piano. <laughs> you know, guess who's back? That type of thing. Simple beats and piano. Just try and practice this. And then the other thing you can do to, to do this to enhance this is go into music libraries that have their catalogue available to the public and start exploring. Again, more legwork, but start listening and taking note of what keywords they're using to describe and where. You know, oh, this one, this one sounds like the music I write and they've described it as uh, epic action hip-hop. Well, there you go. You know hip-hop is the, is the bigger genre, and you know, epic implies the kind of like trailer aspects and action implies the mood and the drive of the cue. It is a certain amount of subjectivity because as you remember in the interview I did with Emma Middleton, who's a music supervisor, she talks about her keywords are very personal to her. So the way she describes it, her, tags her music is so that she is able to find the music more easily. But it's important that you also understand the intent. So her intent is for her to find the tracks easily. Whereas our intent as composers is for our clients or potential customers to find the music easily. And hence we have the crazy saturation of 
relaxing piano music for meditation on YouTube. <laughs> you know, because that's the key word, you know, the long tail, relaxing music for, you know, massages. Uh, because those those composers have gone, well, if I'm, I'm literally beginning to search here, you know, SEO a little bit, but um, that's search engine optimization for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of the whole thing, is you can go about it by not knowing the name of it, and you can go about it by understanding the name of it. Both will happen if you do either of the work. So if you research by name or if you research by what's landing, you will start to understand the styles and genres. You know, it's it's one of those things, just absorb yourself more with what's happening around at the moment. Uh, and just enjoy it. So, you know, if it's something you enjoy doing, watching trailers, cash back. If it's something you enjoy, listening to loads of music, everyone's a winner. You know, it's, it is about finding a route of enjoyment for this type of stuff because it can be laborious and dull. I have tried both, and I can say seeing what's landing and going that route is much more fun than going down the seeing what keywords libraries are describing their tracks by. Um, but yeah, like I said, it is very subjective as well because some libraries will describe an album in a certain way and then the the actual brief comes through and you go, hmm, that album, this title isn't quite matching up with the brief, but because it's subjective descriptions. You know, because we're, we're in kind of like a little genre itself, which is trailer music, there is, we've got common myths here where trailer music is epic music. And what is epic music? Epic music is a certain type, is music that was written for long-form trailers. You can listen to um, my my interview with Ruben Navar about that in uh, where he talks about the origins of epic music and why it's called epic music. It's one of the previous. I I would love to say that I know the episode by by number, but I do not. Um, and obviously, I'm walking around, so I don't know. Won't be able to refer to it anyway. So I hope this has helped. You know, uh, because it's. It's really important for me to be able to answer questions for you, not just for selfish reasons of not having to think of content, but also to be of service. Um, so, if you have enjoyed the show, don't forget to write a review and subscribe to the podcast because when you write a review, it means that my podcast pops up more often for people who haven't found it before uh, and that's massive so that would be a wonderful return of favors you know <laughs> and i've been getting some lovely reviews uh, uh particularly in the states uh guys in the uk and europe come on chop chop uh, uh no I'm joking uh, kind of so yeah it's it's really lovely if you can take a moment to leave a review and spread the love that would be amazing and i hope you guys have a good week and i will see you in the next episode amazing hey guys thanks so much for listening i have something really 
really exciting to offer you. I've put all 12 of my trailer music courses into a bundle called the Ultimate Trailer Music Bundle. And I've put it on for a very, very special offer. Head on over to richardprin.com forward slash trailer music bundle to get your hands on this awesome deal.